Welcome to the Healing Business Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Boulay, aka The Abundant Healer. I'm here to support the healers of the world, the coaches, the authors, the spiritual entrepreneurs, the spiritual teachers and mentors. I'm here to help you elevate your message, reach more people and receive abundantly in return. In this podcast, you can expect to receive wisdom, resources, meditations, and interviews that will help you gain inspiration, creativity, to really elevate the impact you have and how you can step into that receivership and power for the services you offer. I look forward to hearing how you find this episode, so please feel free to reach out, give feedback, and share on social media or with your friends and family. And don't forget to hit subscribe. I look forward to hearing from you on the other side. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healing Business Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wonderful to have you with us. And today I have the gorgeous Faye with me. So Faye, can I hand over to you to introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about what you do? Oh, thank you so much for having me on here. So as Holly said, my name is Faye. I am a love healing coach. And that is something that I have recently changed a little bit. So the reason I have done that is because for a long, long time, I have helped women find love after abusive relationships, after kind of going through traumatic childhoods. And the reason that I changed it to love healing coach is because it's about the inner healing journey. It's about healing all those parts of you, healing the parts of you that don't think you're good enough, healing the parts of you that even spiritually, that are energetically connected in different ways. And it all just snowballed into this place where I wanted it to be more about the woman, more about being all of you so you could create the magic that isn't just about finding a relationship. It's about having the life that really lights you up with someone that's there for the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the all the bits in between that is just all about having that magical life that you truly desire without the fear and scarcity. Don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense and it sounds absolutely beautiful. And I've got, I mean, there's so much I want to dive into you into with you on that. But before we go into that side of things tell us a little bit about you know that's quite a niche that you have there tell us a little bit about what brought you into this what was your journey into that into realizing this is what I'm here to do so initially I started out doing my well I started out actually high up in corporate doing sales doing all the stuff kind of ticking the boxes that you meant to tick I went traveling and all that stuff and just ticking the external boxes that made me feel good temporarily like having the nice car and all those things and then I went off on my journey to starting hypnotherapy and on that journey what I really realized well actually what the universe kind of showed me as well was it wasn't about healing anybody else it was about healing who I was and in that time my whole world just fell apart it just literally 
anything that could fall apart fell apart so my relationship which I was meant to be looking at moving to Australia with he just upped and left one day and I mean literally left one day had no idea he just called me up when he'd gone back to his work because he worked in Northern Ireland to say um I'm not coming back I don't want to be with you anymore and I was left literally and I don't say this lightly literally suicidal I had no idea I had to sort out our finances because we was obviously saving to move to Australia. I had to sort out all our belongings. I had to, it was just an absolute catastrophe mess. And I didn't know which way to turn. I literally, now I realised that was a very abusive relationship. And I realised that was trauma bonding. It actually wasn't love. It was, it was just a real awful situation. And so that was during my hypnotherapy learning all of that and then to kind of condense down those three years of real bad stuff that went on I went on to have an unplanned pregnancy which is now my 10 year old son that I was then having by myself that I then went through um, a discrimination case um, with my career so within that kind of two three years I ended up going from a high corporate career to single with a child by myself with no career anymore and still studying my hypnotherapy diploma when I qualified by then. And um, yeah, it left me in one way, totally on my knees. And in another way from having my little boy, it gave me that fire of something here just isn't right. Something here, this isn't how life's meant to be. And also this isn't how your heart's meant to be. And it took me to have a journey of not, I couldn't help other people at that time, if I'm honest, but that's because I was in the debt. It took me on a journey of discovering who I was and recovering memories of even childhood abuse and things that have gone on that really made me realise that we're more than just the now. We're far beyond that. We're things that go back generationally. We're things that are far beyond just our mind. They're our soul. And through all that, I went into my crystal healing. I went into my Reiki and I went into past life regression. I went into all that stuff. And even in that transition, I went into a journey of the psychology of the mind, then the spirit, and trying to combine that. I don't know, Holly, I think you've been really similar in that journey, trying to combine the two. And even now, sometimes I can struggle to make the two fit together. But the journey for me was really about love and not just love as in when you're a parent or even if you're not a parent, you can love your child, you can love animals, you can love family. But I don't truly believe that you can truly, I say this carefully, you can't truly love someone as fully as you can unless you learn to really heal your heart because it's a way that's about safety, it's a way about knowing that you're safe to love from there. And I say that like loving your children is very different. That's a protection mechanism. It's a, a way that allows you to be open, to open up your heart so you can receive love as well and receive it from the right people, receive it from people that are healed. Because I don't know if you've done this, honey, but quite often, and that I see this a lot in the healing world, we go out in this save you type of energy. I can save you. I see the best in you. And I know, I know you, those dreams that you tell me, I know you can achieve that. 
But the point is, maybe this isn't their lifetime to achieve them because they've got to go on that journey. Maybe they've gone a bit too far off track. Maybe they will come back on track. But you can't do that for them. So it's about being in your own lane. And that's what I had to do. I literally had to shut off the rest of the world and go, at one stage, it's just me and Liam. And the only person I'm carrying is him because he needs me. I'm not carrying anyone else. And that was really my journey, my journey through love, through finding what's right for you because no one gets to tell you what's right for you. And everyone deserves to be free of abuse, whether that's sexual, whether that's mental, whether that's even stuff. I'm really passionate about this. If you feel you've been abused, you've been abused. It doesn't matter whether it's someone that bullied you on the playground or whether it's something that's really kind of we kind of call newsworthy kind of abuse. Abuse is abuse. And it's in your soul and it's in your energy and it's in every part of you and you get to serve and you get to be free of that. And it's almost like I know it's such a typical analysis of the chrysalis and the butterfly. It's so stereotypical, but it is that. It's the turning to mush, it's the getting to evolve and go, actually, this, this is who I am. And that's when the world opens up to you, isn't it? That's where you just get to be all of you. I love that. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And it it made me think, as you were talking that through, because when it comes to love, we have to be willing to be vulnerable, right? And if we've got a thousand and one barriers up because we've needed those barriers because they've kept us safe along our journey of life because, you know, I almost think of our heart a little bit like it has these layers that we put around it to kind of keep us safe, like almost padding, <laughs> like you can come this close, but no further. Um, and it's not until you're really comfortable and really happy with who you are right, that you've really accepted that wholeheartedly and learned to um, be brave enough to be that, that actually you can then be vulnerable enough to let other people in. So it reminds me a bit like the journey of awakening that you're talking about here. Absolutely gorgeous. So when you look back on that journey, what do you think was the, the main turning points for you that led you into that journey of healing? What was the so I know like everything had fallen down. Do you feel like you had a choice at that point or was it just sink or swim? It was sink or swim. And I think I think it's important because some of us survive, some of us that throws us into freeze, but I think quite often, and maybe it's universe, maybe it's life, I think anyone that comes on a healing journey, anyone that decides to become a healing in business, I think we push the hardest sometimes. It's like kind of that kind of the universe nailing down and going, no, no, wrong path, wrong path, wrong path. And it's so hard to see at the time. Look, at the time when all that was going wrong, I literally just thought, why me? I remember the analogy I tried to, because no one else could seem to see it around me. And I think as healers, we we feel that outsider sometimes. We're like, I don't, because we're sensitive. And I tried to say to people, I feel like I had this roadmap out in front of me and someone just whipped it away and gone, right, you carry on now. But there was no other pathway. And I had to forge that pathway. It was like literally being in front of a forest and just having a tiny shovel and going, right, how am I going to get to the other side? And I think it was a matter of 
there's no other option. And there's a beauty in that. There's a beauty in having your back up against the wall because you've got a choice. You either stay, shrink, and don't move forward, or you find that tiny little bit of fire left in your belly, tiny little spark still there, and you just have to go one step, one step. And I think we really underestimate just how much our chapter one isn't always going to be chapter one. That was my new book. That was my new start. And I didn't realize that was my chapter one. And I just had to keep writing. And I think we underestimate that chapter one will turn into chapter two. And chapter two will turn into chapter three. But you can't skip from chapter one to chapter three. You can speed it up with healing. You can speed it up with mentorship, with coaches. You can speed it and quantum leap it at certain stages. But there is certain stuff you have to feel and you have to grow through. And if I'm honest, if I hadn't been through, and it's funny, I'm speaking to you about Holly, and I don't know why it's coming up so much, because I don't speak so much about my journey with Liam anymore, and I'm not sure why. I think because it feels so far back in the chapters. But if I hadn't been that single mom, if I hadn't have gone through that journey of even the, the journey of the first year of being Liam together and finding our feet, I wouldn't be able to understand what it feels like to be so lonely. I wouldn't be able to understand what it feels like to have that extra protective barrier up when you've got a child and you want to find love again. Because that's a whole different, that's a whole different situation. And I think the world now, and I don't know why I'm showing it, the world now is such a different place when it comes to love. Because there's so much kind of hurt. We all have so much kind of past and hurt and pain. And I want to say broken love, but I don't mean it as in divorce and things like that. I mean broken love within our own hearts that we can find it really hard to open back up. And without going through that, and that doesn't mean that other people have to do that to be coaches and mentors. It means that without going through that journey, I wouldn't have ever really known what it's like to one fall in love but to be able to receive love safely and so to answer your question because I've gone off on a tangent no it was sink or swim it was I've got a choice I can go down the road of me what I would call mediocre life and ticking the boxes which would have felt like me just shrinking and dying quite frankly or going I've got nothing else to lose this is it almost backpack on let's see let's see where this goes because you can always turn back but you won't (laughs) it's so true and it's funny I look I look back over my journey and I you know I had a similar catalyst in my in my life my first marriage broke down and it was very much I I think I was (laughs) I look back now and it was quite obvious but at the time, it didn't feel obvious at all. I felt like the car, like the rug had been pulled out beneath me. I was just, from my point of view, um, and this is, you know, just how my mind works, is we're married. We said we'd be together forever. That's it. Like, that was kind of how my brain worked. I was, I was genuinely shocked when that didn't, like, come through. And, but I also remember that once that carpet had been pulled out from beneath me, and I I had a similar experience to you in terms of not only did my marriage broke down, 
at the same time, uh, we were renting at the time and the landlord wanted us out and I lost my job and all of these things in like the space of like three months. Honestly, it was a bit of a joke. I can remember like looking up at the universe, all the clouds going, anything else? You know, what, what would you going to throw at me this week? Almost like on my knees thinking, oh my God, please, nothing else. Um, but I also remember it's as tough as that was, and it was so blooming tough at times, believe me. There was also this sense of liberation, this sense of, wow, okay. And I remember having this feeling inside me of, well, actually, I think there'd been a big part of me that had stayed in that relationship because it was the right thing to do. And, you know, I'd we were married and so you did stay together and we had kids and so I wanted the kids to have that you know 2.4 children upbringing thing and um I remember this like huge sense of liberation as well so although there was this like real heartbreak and grief and struggle to oh my god how am I going to be a single parent find a job find a new house (laughs) all of these things there was also this sense of wow, I don't have to play by anyone else's standards anymore and I'm not going to do that anymore. This real, I can't, that little fire in my belly was like, okay, this is a new start. You get to make this on your terms now. No one else is. Um, but I do also remember that feeling of closing down a little bit and thinking my world is my kids and I just want them to be everything. But also being realistic in terms of I'm a woman, you know, I don't, I I have needs. I, I want companionship. I want sex, for God's sake, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I want that feeling of partnership, you know, someone who's got your back and you can support each other along the way. But that was tough when you've been burnt, right, when you feel like you've really been burnt. And the truth is, at that time, I didn't trust myself to know what was healthy for me in terms of relationships. I had a bit of a track record of, um, and I think it's the healers in us, right? It's like, oh, yeah, no, I I can save you. <laughs> like you say, this blooming saviour complex that we seem to have sometimes that, that sends us down such a difficult path presuming that we can save someone who doesn't want to be saved um at the arrogance of that right I look back and I think god how arrogant is that but so in terms of that healing of the heart where do you start where does that like start from your point of view from my point of view it's first the acknowledgement that something's not right and by something's not right I don't mean something's wrong with you it's by going actually somewhere along the line I suppose it's that kind of radical ownership of who you are and that comes with a lot of actually being really compassionate I think there's a lot of radical ownership where it's like goes into the masculine where it's actually going okay I know that somewhere along the lines I'm creating this I'm creating the opportunities for these people to come into my life like if I think even about Liam's biological father for argument's sake I created that scenario because I wanted to feel like I knew financially I was superior. I wanted to feel like, oh, he won't leave me because 
I've got this. I And it was an ego thing. But it's about being compassionate and going, okay, I was doing that because my heart was so fragile that I just, it was a protection mechanism. It wasn't an outright act of, quite frankly, not being a very nice person. It was me going, oh, my God, this person's got to love me. I mean, for goodness sake. And then, so it's the acknowledgement. It's going, okay, stop. Something's not right. And what's not right is a wound. I quite often call it like the wisdom wounds. I'm sure there's a book on it, so I'll probably start that saying. But it's that kind of, kind of, it's the wisdom wounds. It's the whole kind of, what is this trying to tell me? And it's going back to your heart. It's going back. I don't know whether you find this, but I find that quite often when people come, I mean, it's probably because I'm dealing with the heart as well, kind of one answer. How do I do this? How do I do that? And I'm like, no, start small. Start with looking in the mirror and seeing if you can look yourself in the mirror. Not in a you've done something bad way, but in that simple look at yourself and not judge yourself. Can you look in the mirror and just go, hey, and I love you. We've got this. We're going to be okay. See me and you, we're all right. Because I guarantee you most women that have been hurt can't do that. And by stopping and just going, actually I hurt. And allowing yourself to cry in front of the mirror and allowing yourself to go, actually, I'm lonely. I really do want love. I don't know where to start. I'm scared. By just acknowledging them, it doesn't make it easy. It gives you a baseline, almost like a spider's web of kind of going, okay, this is one point I can start to work on and this is one point. It's a little bit like we're in really any kind of crisis in our life. It's about going, stepping back for that moment and going, okay, this is a bit of a, I won't swear, this is a bit of an S show. <laughs> like, what am I going to do to start managing it and to start looking at it? How can I start loving myself this little bit more today? How can I take pressure on myself a little bit more today? And if I'm honest, I do think that's where the beauty of mentors and coaches come in. Because it's that golden light of someone that's took the steps. It's also that someone that's slightly detached it's someone that cares, but someone that you can also say your deepest, darkest secret to that's qualified, that's someone that's there, that knows how to manage those emotions, that allows you to bring them up. Like the first time I spoke about abuse was with my own mentor. It wasn't with somebody else. It wasn't through some kind of great moment of kind of exploring with friends not that that you can't do that it's the fact that it was someone that I could go this has come up and I don't know how to manage it and then you've got someone that's there to literally catch you and go right we've got this how do we navigate it so it's about stepping back and going if I'm honest I don't know how I'm going to manage all this but I know that I will manage it all we're so quick to forget that we've overcome so much stuff in our life. Looking back at trauma isn't the same as we live in it. It's closing the door. It's closing that chapter because why it's still there, why it's still hurting you. The chapter's just there, open and spilling, literally bleeding in to where you are now. 
you've got to close those chapters just like you've closed anything else in life. You wouldn't walk out of a job and not take, is it your P60? Well, I can't remember it's been that long since <laughs> I was in a job. <laughs> Whatever it is, you would make sure you cleared your desk and you took everything with you. You wouldn't go and move to another house and leave all your stuff in there. Like You make sure you close the doors and you need to do that spiritually, energetically and psychologically, mentally. You've got to close those doors. And that can be so tough, right, too, especially if you're talking about past relationships and if there's children involved and you're still seeing that person and, you know, that can be a big job. Boundaries. Boundaries is huge. And it's something that I think so many, even as business owners, so many of us struggle with boundaries because it's kind of innately built into us to give, 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 and not upset other people and put ourselves last. And boundaries is, if I ever was going to talk strategy, <laughs> boundaries is one of the biggest ones. And it's honouring our own and feeling comfortable in doing that. And that can certainly be a tough one for women, can Because like you say, from a young age, we're taught... You know, if you're a good girl, you do everything for everyone else. Yeah. And we spoke about before we came on this call, kind of when I got into a relationship, what kind of threw me the most is when I found my very easy, I've got the most incredible relationship, I really do. And I think one of the things, being totally honest, that I really hate about the dating love coaching world is all the picture-perfect pictures I see of the having champagne on the beach and the kind of family picture-perfect photos. And, yes, there is beautiful moments like that. There is, I got engaged, um, picked up me to Dovedale, um, and it's, it was just beautiful. He hiked me up a hill, which wasn't as beautiful. I was out of breath, <laughs> and I didn't have climbing shoes. I had on my beautiful Jules Willis. <laughs> and there is that beautiful moment of being engaged. There's also the navigating blended families. There is also the navigating family members. There is also all this other stuff that really, when I got into relationship, it brought up my next level of shadows and it brought up my next level of boundaries, which I didn't know how to navigate. I really didn't. I really had to try and find my feet in then being a mum then being a partner being a stepmom having family members involved when I wasn't used to having family members and it was literally like and I did know how to navigate it and if there's something that I could go back in time and change it would be my boundaries again it would be putting my boundaries in place in the first place and standing strong you know rather than being like a naive little girl that was kind of like oh I don't want to upset anybody and I went straight back into the good girl not in all of it but just in that 10 percent 20 percent boundaries I think are the key and when your boundaries are solid everyone else knows what to do yeah it's like the lighthouse it does it if your boundaries, you're not giving out mixed messages. You're like, no, this is the boundary. This is it. It's a bit like when you, if you, I'm trying to think of an example, but it's a bit like when you're paying bills, the boundaries, the bill gets paid on this day. That's the, the gas companies or the council tax, whoever don't go, 
Well, we kind of like it paid within this date range. No. <laughs> it's a boundary. We all know. Like, it's just healthy. I love that. And, you know, it's reminding me of something I saw um, from Brene Brown the other day. Yeah. I, I love her. She's fabulous, isn't she? And she was talking about, um, you know, relationships aren't always easy, right? That sometimes they're blooming tough. And the toughest times are often those times when you're both energy levels at like 20%. Life is busy, stuff is happening. And then, you know, someone will say something and you will blow up. And she had this concept of, which I thought was brilliant, which was, her and her husband check in with each other around their energy and you know how much capacity they've got for stuff right now and she said if either of them are both below 50 percent, then they sit down and create a plan on how they're going to deal with it together around you know what's each other's boundaries going to be how are they going to look after themselves in all of this so that they don't end up having this big you know, shit show of an argument that lasts for several days and ruins the atmosphere even more. But I think sometimes we're a bit deluded around all of that, right? Around no one really teaches us what it means to be in relationship or or actually, do you know what? Sometimes it's going to be really tough and neither of you are going to have the energy or the compassion or, the, you know, all of the things that you would normally put into a relationship. What would... um what would your advice be around around that side of things when when things feel like it's tough, but you know you're in the right relationship, you know it's good? Honestly, I think it remembers coming back to love. Yeah. I think it's about stripping away the emotions and seeing that person for the raw human that they are. See, often when things come up in our relationships, we I think we live in quite a blind culture, if I'm honest has to be someone's fault. Someone has to be to blame. And one of the books I really like most is The Four Agreements. And one of the things that Pete and I do a lot is, so I am very much about honouring how you feel. I'm very much about verbalising. And one of the things that really groped me, when I first started dating, I'll say the love dating world for this thing, but I generally hate putting myself under that umbrella, was the whole kind of, well, men can only, like, men obviously have their brain de- built differently to us, which is true. And even down to there being this difference in love in regards to male-female relationships or male-and-male relationships. No, love is love. So what I say to people is everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own upbringing and their own background. So Pete and I, for say, well, we'll react very differently to situations, very differently. So I am more likely to withdraw because that's how I am, whereas Pete's more likely to come forward. Well, as you can imagine, that's not going to balance well for a well-balanced argument. It's not going to end in any way. (laughs) So one of my top tips is, one, what can I do for you? How can I help you in this moment? What do you need from me? Because the thing about opening up conversation communication is I may not be able to give Pete what he needs, and at least I can be honest with that. I'm really sorry. I want to meet you on this, but I can't. This doesn't mean I don't love you. It means I can't meet you on this. So also the word sorry. We take radical ownership. So 
I might not do something that I mean to upset or hurt Pete. So I'm sorry that what I've said has led you to feel that way. That wasn't my intention. That doesn't mean that what it's not invalidating what I've said. What it's saying is I'm sorry that you're hurting. Because how much when you think about children, we we were talking earlier before we got on this about simplicity. Relationships, when you're getting the thick and the hard of it, it's about coming back to simplicity. What is it you need for me? Can I give it you? If I can't give you, what can I give you? What do I need? So it has to be reciprocal. Like, what do you need from me now? Like, what can we do? And also remembering that you're not always going to see things the same way. That doesn't mean you don't love each other. Like, when we think about parenting, me and Pete, parent, if I'm honest, relatively the same. We haven't always done that. Like, I have to know sometimes the way Pete will necessarily react to a situation is because it's still through love. He's not necessarily fighting, oh, that's a bit harsh. Probably wouldn't have said it that way. That doesn't mean that he doesn't love the children. He's probably doing it because he's trying to protect the children in a way that's masculine, whereas I'm trying to protect them in a way that's feminine. Or even when you've got outside sources or outside things that are going on, pressures, whether it's work pressures, whether it's business pressure, whether it's family, whether it's illness. It's about coming back to knowing that at the core of it, we love each other. I may not be able to understand why you're reacting or doing the things that you're doing. I also haven't lived your life. I've lived my life. So it's about compassion. It's about knowing that Everyone has their own journey and their own story. And the difference, the bit I have to put in here, the big difference is I can sit here and I can have this conversation with Pete and we can have these conversations because I've done the healing work. There's a big difference between saying, I hear you, I don't understand you, but I'm trying my best to, opposed to being gaslighted. Does that make sense? There's a big difference. And I think once you know who you are and once you're in a healthy relationship, you can have them. There's a very big difference between going to somebody who's toxic. I'm trying to understand you. I can't meet you halfway because their response is going to be, oh, well, you don't love me then. Mm. Opposed to when you're in the healthy relationship, the other person can go, that hurt me. But I know that wasn't your intention. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Beautiful. Oh, you've got a gorgeous way of explaining it, Faye. You really do. Thank you. So, uh, well, a final question really for you then is, you know, it's a question I like to ask all the guests. (laughs) How have you found this journey of business? So since your own healing journey, that decision to go, okay, this is what I'm going to do to help others. I'm going to put myself out there from that initial, you know, feeling or I was going to say decision, but that, that can sound, you know, I'm not sure we decide straight away, really. <laughs> it's kind of like half toe in, half toe out. Um, you know, what, what's your experience of that journey been? What are the challenges you faced and what have you overcome? Oh, wow. I have 
if I'm totally honest, the, and I don't usually share this very often, it's because it's a vulnerable thing. The biggest, and maybe it's not going to share more, the biggest probably thing I've had to overcome is understanding the more I speak my truth, the more people will necessarily challenge that. And challenge is a nice way of putting it. So when you are a healer, when you are whatever word you want to use, because I'm really passionate about words, because words can really trigger people. And this is kind of what I said, words are just words. They're the meaning you put behind them. And people will get triggered because you're shining a light on their shadow. And it can be really hard. It really knocked me, probably in particular, if I'm totally honest, about for three and a half years ago, three years ago, I was in a situation where I was really speaking about narcissism, I was really speaking about trauma bonding and abuse and things like that. And the more I did it, the more people were trying to say that I was spreading things that could be seen as abusive and I was doing this. And it really threw me, especially I'm not long had another child. And I was like, And really now what I see was was a test to see me stand in my power and go, no, I know in my heart, I know my truth is that there are people out there that will try and drag you down because in some way it is making them feel inferior. And I suppose the biggest lesson that comes from that for me as well was, one, stand in your truth. Don't listen to the people standing on the sidelines that aren't willing to do the work that you've done and that's not a place of ego it's a place of honoring your journey and going actually I worked really effing hard to get to where I am and that's not ego it's going it wasn't easy to get up and get my back from against the wall and walk through and push through the fire that felt like it was around me that took courage and that took strength. So I'm not going to stand here and pretend to be something I'm not. I'm going to stand and speak my truth. The other thing was knowing that there's always a journey. It is a journey. And I think sometimes we think that we get from A to B. And a bit like in love, we think we get from A to B. We get the relationship, we get married or whatever. Way. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's just not how it works. The biggest thing I've learned from it all is, one, when you push to get when your back's pushed against the wall and you think it's really hard, it's because you're meant to grow. It's because you're meant to go to the next level. And knowing that you can always change your mind. And I don't mean by change your mind as in, oh, I'll just try and play around a bit and if not, I'll go and get a job. I mean, you get to change throughout your journey. I haven't always been the look of healing coaches now it was the love coach before that it was the healing to happiness before that it was live life on your own terms in fact my very first step into business was called mother voyage which is about helping single moms like this my business is nowhere near where that was now and it's about knowing that it's a journey it's a transition and surrounding yourself by people that get you I quite often say the women that I work with, and I'm no doubt actually that you're probably the same, Holly, they're generational trauma breakers. They're generational breakers. You're breaking the mold. So people around you are going to be scared. People, not as in scared for them, scared for you because you're changing and they're like, oh God, we don't want you to hurt or you're triggering their wounds or in my case, triggering their shadows. 
and they can't necessarily handle that. So the other thing would be knowing that you can't save the world. Mm. You've got to be ready. That people have got to be. You can't want it more for people than they want it for themselves. And who knows when they'll be ready. Maybe you're not the right mentor for them right now. Maybe you're not the right coach. Maybe you're not the right healer for them right now. Maybe you will be in 10 years, and that's the important of keep showing up. Because if you don't keep showing up, you can't help anybody. So it's getting past that self-judgment. And by being on a journey, what I really mean is there's going to be times in your journey that you don't feel like showing up because perhaps you feel like you've been bullied and you don't want to show up because you don't want to have another single criticism that perhaps you don't feel attractive enough because of whatever reason or perhaps that you've had in my case you'd had another child and that rocked me because all of a sudden who am I to do this with a six-month-old baby and it's about knowing that no matter what and this is where I think mentorships, coaches, having women around you or people around you that are on the same journey, people that you can check in with and go, am I crazy? Should I burn all this to the ground? Please tell me that I should keep going when the bank balance isn't showing you what you want it to show you, when people around you are kind of giving you what you feel is that condescending. Do you think you should do this? And No. Be around people that are going to go or have mentors and guides and coaches that are going to go, you do have this, come fuck on in the most <laughs> loving way possible or just to go, hey, you're right, it is shit right now. It is. I'm not going to lie. It is. But you know what? Let's cry it out. Let's get on the next step of the ladder. Let's go. I suppose if I really had to summarise it, it's going, it's a journey nothing in life isn't a journey if you're not it's not going one way it's going the other we don't get to stay still it's a lie no plant stays still and goes oh okay i'm just gonna stay at this height this amount of petals no it's not how it works it either gets watered and grows or quite frankly it dies and although that's a real harsh analogy it's about going when you feel like it's all going in the wrong direction it's about going on, on a journey how can I start going? It's about keep writing the chapters, keep going, keep going before it becomes into this beautiful book and you start the next book because it's never the same book. It's a new book. It's a new. It's not even a new chapter. Sometimes it becomes like I've parked the book previous to Liam and the career and the heartbreak that that then was and I had to open a new book and that had new heartbreak and that had new challenges. And the same is with my business. There comes a stage where you have to close that that book and go, right, I'm opening a whole new book and it's whole new chapters and let's go and surround yourself with the people that are going to back you up in that. And so just don't listen to anyone else. I think this is where the spiritual side and the mental side really come into it. It is about journaling if that's your modality and going, right, what do I need today? What does my soul need? What am I holding back? What's in a shadow to come up for me? And then it's also about the energy work of being in alignment, being fully true to who you are and having your energy right for you, protected by you, and really just going forward one step at a time. I love that. Yeah, beautiful. 
and every step is important right even the ones that feel really crappy to be in oh god yeah like we don't want to be in it at the time but you tell me one thing in your life that hasn't been horrendous hasn't been that moment where you're on your knees thinking how am I going to get back up from this that you don't look back and go there was even if it was a smallest lesson there's something there there's some beauty that you can find in anything even if it's 0.5 percent even if it's you got to grow from it you got to help someone else because you got through it definitely and I you know I'm a firm believer in that because I know you know the times in my life that have been the most challenging have been the ones that have transformed my life for the better in one way, shape, or form. So whether that was my marriage breaking down or my health falling to rock bottom, I I wouldn't be here without those things. And so in a a strange way, I am so, so grateful for for every challenge, no matter how blooming difficult it was at the time, because there's no way I'd be where I am without those things. Thank you so much for sharing your absolutely beautiful wisdom with us Faye thoroughly enjoy talking to you I could talk to you all day (laughs) and (laughs) I need to be careful because I do have another call (laughs) afterwards but um yeah I feel like I could talk to you for for days about all of this um perhaps you have to come back at some point (laughs) and, and talk to us um but in the meantime if people want to find out more about you and what you do how do they get in touch how do they find out more you can find me at Coach Faye Marie on Facebook or at www.faymarie.com, which is F-A-Y-M-U-R-R-A-Y.com. Brilliant. And we will put the links in the show notes so people have got them there for easy access. But thank you again. It's been gorgeous to have you with me today. Really appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I so hope you got value and inspiration to take forward into your business. If there's anything you want to share with me, I would love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out. And if you want to support me, if you could leave a review, subscribe, share with your friends, that would be fabulous. In the meantime, you can find out more about me and what I do at my website link is in the show notes otherwise I will see you soon take care